The message is called, Come Unto Me. Come to me, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So who comes? Who comes to the Lord? Who labors? Who is heavy laden? Who gives rest? You've got to look in, at that scripture. We come to him. We're in labor. Are we heavy today? Do we have a heaviness? Maybe the weather or maybe a person or maybe a sickness or whatever. Are we heavy laden? He says, I will give you rest. I was talking to Becky earlier and she goes, I was laying in bed and I was going, thou will give me perfect peace of mind to stay on thee. Thou will give me perfect peace of mind to stay on thee. Thou will give me perfect peace of mind to stay on thee. See, she knew that God was going to give her rest. She went to the source. See, instead of looking around like we talked about last week, don't look around at everything. Look at what the Lord says. The Spirit and the Bride says to come. The Holy Spirit calls you to come. Revelation 22, 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say come. Let him hear that says come and let him that is thirsty come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. So who is supposed to come? We are as, as little children. For such is the kingdom of God, being little children. Matthew 19, 14 says, But Jesus said, Suffer the little children, and forbid them not to come to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And Matthew 18, 3 says, And verily I say to you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. So when we come, we got to come with that childlike faith, don't we? That Believing, we talked about it in Bible study, to believe, to really believe in faith, not childish, not childish. 1 Corinthians 13, 10 says this, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So, I like to jest around and play. I'm playful. I like to play games and um, make, make, play jokes and things on my husband. We do things. We just have fun. But it's not at anybody else's expense. It's just for fun's sake. We are playful. We do represent childlikeness in our home. And I think that keeps us happy and whole and healthy and, and joyful because we're able to do that with each other. So if you take a look at a child, the baby's first steps, okay, let's say um, like Raina when she was first walking, you can do it, you can do it, come to me, you can do it, don't we say that, come, come here, come here, you can do it, you can. when they fall down, do you kick them? No, you go and pick them up and you help them. So like the scripture says, you might fall seven times, but the Lord will keep picking, you keep getting up, you keep getting up, and that's what happens. So when a little baby comes along and starts to walk, they're clapping, Ooh, look at look, the baby's walking, oh, we're so the Lord is doing that with you. Every time you come to him, he's clapping. Thank you for coming to me because I am your source. But what happens? We forget. Do we forget? I was talking to a friend the other day, and we were talking about something. She goes, how come I just didn't go to God first? We forget. That's why we need each other, to help us to remember a scripture we brought up in Sunday school a while back, a couple of days ago or a week ago, I think it's been now, because we uh, skipped last week. 
was, by his stripes, we were healed. So I have a question. Is everybody healed in here? We have to ask the Lord this question. Well, then, do you lie, Lord? You are healed, and you were healed. Two different scriptures. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. In Isaiah, that's Old Testament, are healed. Were healed is in 1 Peter, New Testament. So the are is current, the were is past. Because they were looking towards the cross, and we look back at the cross, you see. So, I'm just trying to tell you here, we are all healed. It reminds me of a ship with barnacles on the bottom of it. You look at the bottom of a ship, it's full <coughs> of barnacles. But underneath, you know there's a ship there somewhere. I think the same thing with us and our sins and our generational defects and our, our iniquities and things like that become our barnacles. But the real us is underneath there. We were healed. We're underneath all of that stuff. And God wants to take each barnacle off at a time. And he does that through our repentance and our acknowledging of the truth. You know, I like uh, when I said last week about we're free in 2023. Well, you know what I want to add? Me be free in 2023. Do you want to be free in 2023? I do, and it's about us. The reason why I'm bringing this up, because it's real important that you understand a little bit about by his stripes. His stripes. That's when Jesus is showing us this communion. He, he gave us communion. Uh, his blood and his bread, his body and his blood by his stripes. Is his body broken, hurt? Pay for our sickness and disease, and the blood is for salvation. But we just focus on the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. And that's beautiful. But let's not forget the broken part that Jesus came to pay for all of our disease and sicknesses. Do you know that a disease and a sickness is not your tribulation? It is not your trial. You know what a tribulation is? Circumstances, people, persecution. Things like that. Sickness should not even have been a problem. We have it now. We have to work with it. And we say God's with us in our sickness and disease. Absolutely. But that's never been the plan. That's never been the plan, I don't believe. That's just my heart. So, um, this week, the Lord gave me something interesting. And I think I want to share it with you now. I have hyperthyroidism hyperthyroidism and um, so I was supposed to take medication for it and I don't I won't take medication for it I don't want to take anything that's just me that's my choice I know other people who take a bunch of drugs and that's okay that's their choice I don't want to take a pill I don't care if I have to cut it in half I don't want to take it I don't want to be maintained okay I want to be free so I started to pray, Lord, this was just last night. I woke up Tom at 6 o'clock this morning and told him what God had done in the night. So last night I said, Lord, I know that you do not want me on this pill. This is me. It's just me, okay? My testimony. Um, so what is the spiritual root behind hyperthyroidism? And he showed me. 
I'll tell you what, I'm going to read this to you. You can absolutely find peace. See, hyperthyroidism is not having peace. I'm telling you the truth, and I'm being honest with you and transparent, that I'm not perfect and I have to fight for peace just like the rest of you. It says you can absolutely find peace with yourself. A thyroid is between your head and your heart. That's your mechanism between both. And if my heart is kind of fighting with itself, then I'm going to have problems health-wise. Do you agree? You're going to have stress, aren't you? Aren't you going to have anxiety? You're constantly in conflict with yourself. Do you know the high blood pressure comes from all that? And it says this. You have to unearth the, the uh, areas of your life that are holding on to shame, blame, guilt, and transform your mindsets. So I'm thinking in the new year, I need a new set of brains. Does anybody in here agree with me? Do you want a new set of brains? Do you want that new heart that Jesus says that we can have? Well, we need to practice radical. <coughs> practice makes perfect. Practice radical honesty with yourself. You don't have to go and broadcast it on Facebook. I'm telling you this, I'm broadcasting it to you as my church family to help somebody here. It says you need to practice radical honesty and unconditional love for yourself. You know, I would go into the bathroom and I'd go, look, Tom, my arms are getting so old. <laughs> He'd go, Linda, would you just be kind to yourself? Because I'm not kind to myself. So, of course, I'm not kind to myself. I can be pretty funky around other people. I'm being honest with you. You probably have been on the end of it a couple of times. But I'll tell you what. That's not my plan. That's not my goal. I want God to heal me so I can love you the way God loves me. I want, matter of fact, Linda, I'm going to bring Linda into this. Last week she says, Linda, you've changed. The way you speak, the way you present things, you changed. I go, well, I hope so. Thank you, Linda, for that because I want to change. And we're constantly in that changing. Like last night when I found out that I have uh, that hyperthyroidism issue going on with not loving myself properly. I had some shame on a decision I made that I never faced. There was a decision I made about 9, 11, 11 years ago. 11, I can tell you the day and the time it happened. 11 years ago in November. And I made this decision to not be honest about something. It came up last night. And I, had, and I told Tom, I said, I don't need to tell the people, but I'm going to tell you, Tom, that I have to be honest about this. I was in shame about that decision I made. Anybody have shame about a decision you've ever made in your life? I hope I'm not the only one. Because once I recognized it and I went to God, Lord, forgive me that I did that decision. I, I would dance around it. I would hem haul it away. I would justify it for years. Oh, no, I didn't do that when all along I had. See, this is why disease tells on us. I knew there was more to it than just taking a pill. Now, I might take one just to kind of do a little bit until I get healed, right? I can do that. Or do I want to just buckle down and deal with my heart issue? And how do I deal with my heart issue? First of all, I start loving myself. 
I'm always one-upping myself. I don't know, Gloria, you probably know that. I'm always one-upping myself. I'll, okay, Tom will go, you know what, you're gonna have a conference. Then why do you have a roller coaster and you have all these vendors and you have all this stuff? <laughs> because I make it a big production. I, and that's just a gifting. I love doing stuff like that. But I didn't realize I was being driven to one-up myself. Okay? What you think matters to what you do. We gotta stop shooting on ourselves. Because there's a syndrome called shooting syndrome. It's a shooting syndrome. Anytime you hear the word syndrome after anything, it's a spiritual issue. You don't need to put a pill on it. You gotta get to the heart issue and find out what's going on. And I can tell you guaranteed, most of the time, it's in relationship with yourself, others, or God. We are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love others as we love ourselves upon this hang all of everything. You see, we have to go to God and say, Lord, am I loving you properly or am I hiding something from you? Because when we love, we're being honest. You know we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. What are you thinking? Are you thinking good of yourself? Are you thinking good of other people? Are you thinking, why didn't they do this or what did they do? Are you thinking about what happened in the past? You know, I was talking about getting rid of everything from 2022 and back, and I'm doing that. So that's why God brought this up last night, because he says, I'm not done yet. we got some stuff to still get out so that you can continue to stay free in 2023. And I believe it's a process of being free. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, take your thoughts captive. Every single thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So that means gauge it against what God says. I'm a worthless nobody. Is that what Christ would tell me? No. no. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I love you. <laughs> See how we have to change our mindset? Maybe it's just a little tweak. Maybe you're already there. Maybe I'm talking to myself here. But maybe you, you need to just maybe tweak it just a tiny bit because we all need to grow. We all can change. Um, the other thing that I was struggling with this week is being a woman in this position. And God finally got it through to me. He says, why would I give the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, to a man and a woman if I didn't expect you to do what you got to do with it? Oh, Okay, okay, I get it, I get it. And I learned that hyperthyroidism comes mostly to the women who are being squished in who they are. We women and the men, because they have it too sometimes, need to stand up and be who God has created you to be. Now, we have altars here, and we talked about come. Come to him. Come. That's what this message is. Come to him. I want you to come to the Lord today. I'm going to be singing a song at the end. Come to him. Because we have got to get rid of all of those things that we're shooting on ourselves about. I should have been this. I should have done that. Why did I act this way? Am I talking to somebody here or am I just talking to myself? So we are to just come as we are. Stop beating 
people up and stop beating yourself up. Because you know what? Hurting people hurt people. John 6, says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent him draw him. Stop taking your Bible and hitting them on the head. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. No. No man can come. You can tell them to your blue in the face. God already knows who's going to come to him. You just have to be available and ready to share your heart. Re Revelation 22.11 says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So we need to know who we are when we come to the Lord. Lord, am I holy? Am I not holy? Be honest. He wants you to come as you are. We always sing that song in the Baptist church. Come just as you are with no fleas. Is that how that one goes? No, without one flea. You know the old, uh, the old song, without any fleas. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a guy, uh, I think his name was uh, Orville Cornwall or something. He was the... Uh, the Lord somebody in England. He was some big higher up in 1643. He says, just come warts and all. Orville Cromwell is his name. Just come warts and all. That means with everything. No matter what you have, no matter who you are, just come. You know this scripture, Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. So is the Lord knocking on your door? I mean, it doesn't have to be about salvation. This is every day. It's like we talked earlier in the Bible study. He referenced us to sacrifice your life daily, always being obedient to the Lord. And that's what we do. We sup with him and he with us through that. I like the quote, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Always be ready in and out of season. We do that by believing who Jesus is and what God has said, and we just do it. I remember my little granddaughter. I go, man, I really need to do this, you know, and I was him hawing, I was telling her, she looks at me, she's five years old. Well, grandma, just do it. Out of the mouth of babes. I want to, I'm going to close with this. I know this is just a real quick message of just coming into the Lord. But one of the things that we do sometimes is wait. Don't we wait on God? So when we, we come, we're waiting. Well, I learned something this week that was very profound. Resting and waiting on God is what we are told to do. But the truth is, God is waiting on you. You can't be re you're not ready to receive some of the things you're asking for. So he is waiting on you. Once you're ready, that thing comes. So that's not to say, well, God's holding it back. No, 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 no. We're holding it back. Because he says, all of my promises are yes and amen. But he also says this. If you ask according to your own lusts, then there's a problem then you might not give it. So sometimes we go, well, God says no. Well, yeah, you got to ask God what you're asking. Maybe that no is because it's according to your lusts and desires. But he always gives everything of our heart's desire according to his heart. He gives us. 
All of God's promises are yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen and to the glory of God. So everything we ask, is it to the God's glory or is it to our glory? See, that's what we have to ask. Why are you saying no? Well, you better ask yourself, am I asking for my glory or your glory, God? And then sometimes he just delays. Okay, there's a delay that he does. So asking shows our heart. If you didn't get something, ask the Lord if you're being selfish. Just say, Lord, am I being selfish? Let's be honest with him this year. You know, be honest with yourself. Like I said, I was honest with myself about overextending myself and, and doing more than I needed to do. I'm enough. You're enough. We're enough, people. We're enough. Just come as you are. And God will add his supernatural to our natural. But we're trying to be supernatural, too. And it can be exhausting. Do we believe the cross was given? Or are we still waiting for it? So if the was is there, that means we were healed. Tom has a quote. And it says, When a woman is beat down, they're down. He sees a lot of that. And that's why a lot of women talk to him. Because he lifts them up. He brings them up. But when a man meet, gets beat down, they beat down others. It's just the way it is sometimes. If a person's been bullied in their life, they're going to bully others. But when a woman gets bullied, she doesn't quite do it that way. She does it a little differently. A lot of passive aggressiveness going on. We need to know who we are. We need to go to God and say, you know, Lord, I... No, like I said, I made that decision. It was the wrong decision. Um, I'm paying for the decision that was made. My husband's paying for a decision that I made. Doesn't that make you feel awful? It make you feel awful to know that you made a decision that has impacted somebody else. So you got to go to God. You can't fix it. You can't change it. But you can say, Lord, you can. And he does. He changes our heart. He causes us to not experience that daily any longer. It's in the past. He wants us free in 2023. So as we continue to ask the Lord, how do we stay free? Number one, be honest with yourself. Who you are, what you want, your desires, and then be honest with others. And of course, be honest with God. He already knows it anyway. But we still have home around God. Oh, I don't want to tell him that. He already knows it. Let me get that straight to you. He already knows it. But he's so kind and generous and, and so long-suffering that he waits for you. He's waiting on you. We're the ones that prevent these things. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 5.25, we prevent good things from happening to us because of our sins and iniquities, because of our decisions that we've made. We're talking about it in Bible study. The decisions that were made to do all these things, was that always God's plan? No, it wasn't God's plan for Abraham to have Sarah, or Sarah have Abraham have another uh, concubine and then have all these kids. That's not, that wasn't God's plan, I don't believe. But he used it. He used the plan, and then he has to go around the mountain to get back to his original plan. <laughs> It's exhausting, and I, but God's waiting for us. He's so long-suffering. If we can understand his heart, we can, under, we can understand our own heart. 
We're not going to make it perfectly every day. We're not going to be exactly what we want to be. I'm not what I want to be today. I'm hoping for the best. Like we talked about hope. I'm hoping to be better than I am today, tomorrow. And every day is sweeter than the day before. Every day I love you more and more, more and more and more. See, the yesterdays are getting on. Those aren't the good old days. Today is the day we have. Today is the day of salvation. Today when we come to him with our whole heart, mind, and strength, that's when he will receive us unto him because all he wants is our heart. He doesn't care if you've got a million dollars, lives in a cardboard box, or has a nice car. He does not care. He will give those things to you, but he wants your heart first. He wants your heart. He wants you to know who you are. How many thoughts have you had about yourself today already that are good? When you looked in the mirror this morning, did you point out all the flaws? Oh, I can't wear that because that'll show my bulge, or I can't wear that because that'll be this, or I can't wear, I don't know. And, and I think, Rebecca, you were telling me earlier, you get in front of the mirror and you pray, God, tell me what to wear, <coughs> right? So we commit our works into the Lord, and our thoughts will be established. So that's what we do. I mean, every day, every day that we're here, we're doing our best, aren't we? Are we doing our best? I talked with uh, Greg earlier. You know, we're just doing our best by serving God the way we know how, with what we have in our hands to be able to give, and loving one another. You know, the greatest law is to love. The mm -hmm. fulfilling of the royal law in James is to love. Back to loving. Can you love yourself? Do we love ourselves? Can we come to him as we are, or do we have to wait to get it all together? We say that for salvation. Just come as you are. You know, I was remembered when I got saved. I was in the front row wearing spiked heels and mini uh, leather skirt, and, you know, my hair all poofed up, you know, that whole nine yards thingy. And I was sweating a ton of bullets, you know, uh, in the front row, thinking the roof was going to cave in, came in <laughs> on my head. But I came just as I was. I'm no different. I still, I'm, still, I'm still the same person, but God has grown me up, and I can still come to him as I am. Warts and all. So, Father, we thank you for your power, your presence, and your love. Thank you for your joy, your goodness, and your, your glory. Father, you have completed where we lack. You helped us to come into the acknowledging of the truth about ourselves. Father, we're the ones preventing good things from happening to us. We're the ones that's allowing those barnacles to build up on our bodies. Father, we are already healed within, deep down inside. You have called us out from among the grave. You've called us like Lazarus and taken off the grave clothes. I'm asking, Father, that you would remove the grave clothes off of every person in here, that they will be able to come, even in their grave clothes, Father, even in the midst of the pits of despair, that they come to you, Lord, because then you you're going to give them refreshing new waters. And you're going to wash out all that needs to be washed. And I thank you, God, that you're doing a miracle work in this church. I'm looking forward to some amazing things coming up in this next year. I don't know what they are, but they're going to be massive. They're going to be things that only you can do, Father, because we're looking to you to fulfill all in all. Not around the world, not what finances can do, not what the government can give, but what you can do and only you. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now,